Welcome to the Monsters and Treasure podcast, where we talk way too long about a subject and just give you the best parts. I'm Daniel Norton from Bandit's Keep here with K.R. King from D&D Homebrew, as always. How are you doing there, K.R.? Wait a minute. What was this topic again? It, this was, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I- improvising. Improvising. You know, Daniel, I was playing the other day at uh, the, my live game, you know, the in-person game, and we had a scenario at this tavern and that, where the players kind of went totally off script. And one of my players who's also a GM, and he's, he's a really good player. He asked me after the session, he said, did you just like pull that out of your ass or what did you, because it was clear that I, you know, they, I had, and I said, well, sort of, but I had an idea beforehand of what this was going to be and this and that. And, and I could tell he's, and he asked me some questions and, and I thought about how much improvising, which is, is not pulling something out of your ass, you know. Right. When you're playing music, you're, you know the melody, you know the tune, you know the chord structure. You're not just playing notes. You know you're you're playing off what the the song is. I, I knew the players were potentially they they came into this town and they wanted to go to a tavern and they asked me, well, what are the taverns in this town? And I quickly came up with three names. You know, like the Bloody Skull, the you know, <laughs> the Bucket of Blood, and the Green Man Inn. And they went, let's go to the Green Man Inn, right? Something, I, I think that's what it, And then they went to the Green Man, and there was a bartender. What's his name? And I had all these names. Well, I had all these three names for taverns. I have names for things that I have already pre-generated. I have names for NPCs. And this is nothing new. It's out there. People recommend doing this. But so when they asked me, what's the person's name? I have the name, and I have it written down as I'm writing you know, on my computer, if you're doing it on a notebook, so that I can remember what their names are, right? Because I'm just giving them, I didn't expect them to do this. I was totally improvising, but I had prepared for this in case this happened. And so it seemed seamless. And this is the thing about improvising. You know, I know there are games out there that are worth storytelling games where you're just making it up as you're going along. But in the type of D&D I play, you don't necessarily want them to know that you're improvising, Um and maybe maybe this is an interesting thing because I just feel like I wanted to have this immersion. I wanted to have like it's all been planned out, even if the experienced player is going, oh, he was pulling that out of his ass, but he did it really well. It seemed all to fit into the story. Good for good for them. So, and anyway, that that's just kind of a technique that I use is to have names and have ideas pre-generated and then just plug them in as the players go along. Yeah, no, that's that's really good advice. And the other thing, too, you kind of like hinted at the very beginning, which is that especially if you're running a long campaign or you've been playing multiple sessions, it becomes a little easier because you understand. Right. And the players also start to understand the world. Right. So, like, I don't know, like if if I drive to a random neighborhood in my town. Right. I don't know what's there, but I can guess because I've been to other neighborhoods. Right. So the houses are probably going to be very similar as far as the size of the houses, the places, how they're spaced out. What kind of cars are even there are going to be similar. Right. Because they're all in the same town and things are like that. So if you go into a tavern, we know there's going to be a bartender. Right. That's probably has rumors. Right. (laughs) There's going to have some cool name that's, you know, very uh, visual, uh, as you say, that's how taverns were. Right. You're going to have certain things. Right. There's going to be somebody maybe possibly gambling or not. And what's cool is because people do know this and you're improvising. If you remove or add something that seems out of place, that's a good way to kind of like give a hint or a clue that something's going on, right? Like they expect there to be wine and ale at the tavern. So your player goes in and goes, I go to the tavern and order an ale. And they go, oh, in this town, we only drink juice. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, well, hold on. Why is your tavern called the ale cup? <laughs> you know, and then it becomes a hook, right? So you can use you can you can use these little improvised moments, uh, 
basically two ways, right? One is to just, you know, what's going to happen because you know, your world, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, the environments and, or you can use it to throw off beliefs of the players, right? Like they, they go into a place expecting that maybe, maybe in most of the places they've been going, you know, orcs have been the enemy, right? And you go into this tavern, it's full of orcs. So at first they're going to think, well, hold on, are we in like the side of town we shouldn't be, you know, or are orcs a different, you know, a, a, you know, different place in society in this region? And if so, why? You know, and you can start to like uh, mess with. So those things are always fun to do. I think like, and, and you might just be making up, but you knew that. You knew in this region, orcs are considered, you know, uh, you know, the, the farmers, you know, they're not the same way they are on the other side. Maybe it's a different tribe, a different type of leadership or whatever. So when you're throwing off the expectations, and in some ways you have to improvise because you didn't know they were going to go there, but you knew that the orc here weren't going to attack. And this is a good way that you can throw in a quick improv scene to teach the players something without just telling them. No, that's a really good point because, and when you're improvising, you're thinking about exactly what, if I have to improvise a wharf scene, Mm -hmm. they go to the wharf. I know what a wharf is. There's sailors, there's people traveling. It's usually a little more downscale, a little rougher around the edges. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, what I used to, the classic was to have a, uh, a mission by some cleric, some lawful good, helping the down and out. And, right. you know, the people that are, uh, because this is their community. This is where people are down and out, right? You could have one in some rich area, but here's where we expect it. And the players go there knowing you might have a real roughneck type person running the mission. It isn't just some like saintly Mother Teresa type. It's some ex-sailor or pirate or something, but they're going to know that person and they're going to might maybe give them information. Maybe not. Maybe they're going to actually be much less because they know that if, if I start, if I start telling people stuff, the, these, these people that are I'm serving are not going to trust me. That's so right. you're thinking about what's that person going to act like as I'm improvising. I just said, Oh, there's, and then there's this mission and I leave it there. And the players might say, well, let's go in there. Right mm-hmm. now. I'm now I got to And I got to think about, and I just have a little bit of knowledge in advance of what that person's going to be. Um, Sometimes I'll have like a, 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 a really fine, one of my favorite improvising. If, if I have someone's like a uh, sells clothes, a tailor, or they sell saddles or something, and they're they're obviously a craftsman or a boots or something like that. And the players go in, and I just talk about this person really knows what they're doing, and it makes the players feel like we're in an important place. This person mm-hmm. is really good at what they do. It gives it this sense of as opposed to oh everything's tools all lying around and everything's shoddy merchandise and whatever. And the players start to get real like dismissive of the person. But if you tell them this is a master craftsman and he's over there working on his saddle or his boots and you come in, they're very respectful, right? They, cause right. they just know, and all I've just improvised. I just decided they, they just said something. I want to go somewhere and I'll just throw that in, but I I've done it before. Right. And again, <clears throat> you play little motifs, little things as you improvise as a musician and you, you know, that's a really good, you know, I'll, I'll play off a variation on that. And, you know, we're kind of in the music thing. We did the maestro <laughs> one, but uh, but there is an element of that when yeah. you're improvising, because that's where this kind of comes from. And But you want to be prepared to improvise. You want to have those kind of things mm-hmm. in your back pocket. And then the second thing I say is always write it down. Because, yes. man, you come up with names and stuff and everything, and you can't remember, because you're busy trying to run the whole game. So write those down, because you'll forget about them. Yeah, once it once it. Uh, it- touches the player characters, right? Once they interact with it and you've said, this is a nice saddle shop and the owner's name is Kevin, you know, yes. then, uh, you know, uh, then, then we, you know, that's it, right? That's their name. So when they go in next time, it's like, well, you know, uh, this is Jason, the owner. It's like, well, hold on. What happened, what happened to Kevin? <coughs> and, and they'll remember that by the way. Yeah. And oh then, yeah, they will. 
and I had a thing. Here's another improvised thing. So there were these wild men people in my my campaign. I had these people that live out in the barren hills, and they're kind of they're all ex cons and people that ran away as indentured service. They've formed these little communities, and I had the guy's name, and I forgot it. We we just went by, and I forgot it. So I just said, "Well, I'll call him Fred until the next session," and they all Fred became his name. Yep. So and now he's Fred, and the players thought it was well, that's okay, and then. His wife, someone suggested, I didn't have a name for his wife. They said, how about Wilma? <clears throat> Fred and Wilma. From the, so then their kid, who's now a pivotal part of the campaign, is Pebbles, their little <laughs> daughter. So now that's a little pop reference and the players sure. liked it. But it was all because I, I wouldn't start off that way. It evolved out of me clearly improvising because I had not prepared this guy. But they went off and said, well, I want to talk to one of these wild men people. Where, you know, and, and they do come and trade occasionally at this at this rest stop, Dagger's Rest. So they they wanted to talk to the wild people. So I just, I came up with a name and then there, off we went. So they knew I was improvising. because And that's another thing players will do. They'll say to you, are you re- ready for X? I, we want to go in this direction. Are you ready? Especially players that have GM before. Have you prepared this? My tendency is always to try to say, oh yeah, I, I can do that. Yeah, I got that. Don't worry about that. Like I, I, I've got it all prepared. Meanwhile, I'm feverishly improvising in my brain, you know. Right. And that might just be my old timey GM pride or something, because I played with people that said, "No, I don't have that prepared. We can't do that." And sometimes that ends the session if they really want to do it or whatever. I just don't like to do that because I like to keep things moving. But right. But you, you better be able to improvise very well to do something like that. Yeah, and again, I think it comes down to your 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 overall planning, right? So planning to improvise. You uh, you know that there's this town. You know that it has a ruler. You have a general idea that it's large, what might be there. And these are little notes you have. And then once they're there, you could improvise it, right? You can go in and be like, okay, we're looking this. And you're like, well, yeah, they, they would have that because based on what I already know about this town – now, if you're just if, now, if you're running a completely, I mean, some people run it completely. Like when I do my solo gaming, I do it completely on the cuff. But that's different, right? It's like I don't even know there's a town there until I roll for it. But if you're playing the game and you're building a campaign, you generally have an idea of where things are. You definitely want to have that. I think the pure story game way works, but then you need a lot more player buy-in. Like they got to know you're making it up as you go, and they got to give you the time, right, to go. Okay, what's happening here? And in those situations, too, sometimes it's nice to have them do things, right? They know you're making it up off the cuff. They wanted a tavern. You can just be like, okay, there's a tavern. You know, what? Uh, what's it called? You know, you can do stuff like that. And, and it's just a different way of playing. But generally speaking, of course, the other thing that I do a lot, which is when they ask me a question that I don't know, and there's really a 50-50 chance, like who knows, uh, I'll just say, which, which outcome do you want? And then I'll roll. <laughs> I'll say, you know, what do you want to be there? And they'll be like, oh, well, a tavern where we can sleep. And I'll be like, all right, uh, you know, and I'll roll a die if it had 50 50 chance. And if they get it, I'll be like, yeah, there is. And I'll be like, nope, <laughs> it's full, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And then, like, because, you know, it does it at that point, who knew if there was going to be a tavern there? I mean, there would be in a big town, obviously, but it's something's very specific. You know, if they're looking for some special thing and that's could be there, but, you know, it's not likely, but it's not unlikely. So you, you want to have these little, you know, sometimes just trust the dice, you know, not that you should always do it. But if you're not sure and you're like, oh, oh would there be five taverns or two or three, you know, just roll a die and you know, just do it. I mean, that's easy enough. It's so interesting you bring that up because that's an improvisational technique where you tell the players exactly that. If they go, well, mm-hmm. is there somewhere we can, pl- I don't know, let's see. It's one, two, three, there's, it's full, four, five, six, or whatever, however you do it. And you just roll yeah. that. Yeah. And the players get that you're saying, sure. there's a part of this world that I not only have I not thought about, but I'm just going to react. I'm not just going to buy fiat, go, they're all the taverns are full. And then, because right. then that's irritating, right? Because you realize this person's just, they, they decide this just, 
again, those of you out there that do this as a GM or this is the kind of game you play, I like the idea of, I don't know if it's full. Let's see. Oh, they're all full. And then I might say, there's a festival. They go into the tavern and it's crowded. And I say, oh, there's a festival. This is, this is the time of the town's founding. And then, you know, and I've got this in my head. I've done this before. And I'm just improvising this, right? And right. then there's all sorts of people in town. And that's going to create something with the players. And then there's a disturbance. And they go there. And these two rival towns, they we're all supposed to be on a neutral territory. And they're fighting. And off we go into something, right? Right. But it's all because I rolled and said, the tavern is full. Why is right. it full? Right. And I'm thinking as a GM, as a storyteller, as a, there's got to be a reason. I don't know why it's full. I just rolled it. It's full. I, that's okay. You can do that. Right. If you're literally rolling it. But I'm going to say some, because that's, that's right. fun for the players. And even if they know you kind of pulled that out of your ass, it, it makes sense that there's this festival and this and that. And I'll usually tie it into some the major players of the town that I've already created, unless this is, you know, purely. Uh, improvise. I was also going to say, if I said to you, like we're at a convention, because I've seen you do this. I didn't play that night because uh, we were tired. I was with my wife, but you went off and ran a dungeon encounter for a bunch of people at a team. You just said, let's go run something. Like Daniel's going to create a dungeon off oh, yeah. the top of his head. And you're able to do that. And I, anybody could do, I would just say, you're all, there's been a cave in and you've discovered this new entrance and all these characters go in and they know I'm just kind of making this up and we're just going to do it. And, and then you see this and you see that and those monsters and blah, 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 blah. We're having fun. And, and I know that you're literally just making this up as we go along, which is fine because that's the environment. And as long as I'm having fun and you're going to pull out some surprises, we're going to do some things you're going to react to. Oh, okay. You do this, that. That's a very specific type of game. You know, when I play D&D, &D you know, sitting at a table, a weekly game, I, I don't do that because I... I have time to set it all up. And it's always right. better when you set it all up, I think, than just totally improvise. But that might, might be just my lack of skill. Well, I I think the thing is, is that, right, you made a really good point there, is that there's a big difference between that and a weekly game that you play of repeating characters, right? Like, if every week I was just like, all right, I'm just going to make stuff up, I think my players would not necessarily enjoy that since they came for you know, they've signed up for this campaign based on the idea that there was an idea of the campaign and that we're playing kind of a more of a standard D&D. &D. Again, if you had said, I'm going to do a storytelling game where this is where you just want to be up front. Like, I think that you don't need to, you know, show what's behind the curtain all the time. I mean, sometimes you're making stuff up and they don't know. And that's cool. Sometimes you can you can make a die roll because that's fun for the players. And sometimes, you know, uh, you, you just tell them straight up, we're just going to have a fun time. We're just going to storytell today. And I think there's all those are, are uh, valuable and different ways to play. But my personal preference for a long-term campaign is to have as much of the skeleton as possible uh, kind of mapped out. You know, I know where towns are. I know the general political structure. I have a couple of NPCs or at least the idea of what they're doing. And then I fill in the gaps with improvisation because I was, since I'm doing this more of a sandbox, it would be impossible <laughs> unless I had a lot of time and uh, to, to like fill everything out that they might never interact with. And then I'll use as my anecdote, Mike Tyson, the boxer, famously said, everybody has a plan when they go into the ring until they get punched in the face, right? Until they realize this guy is a killer. Everybody has a plan as a GM until the players interact with it and do whatever the hell they want. And now you've got to adjust. You've got to improvise. You've got to figure out because players will, will do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And when you railroad and fight them, they don't like that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever met any players that say, oh, the guy railroads all the time. It's great. No, they don't like that. They want to be able to do what they want to do. 
Maybe if you're in some adventure path or scenario and you just realize that, but I, since I run a sandbox style, you, it, I got it all planned out until those pesky players come along and punch me in the face. You know, where it's just like, oh, I got to change things. So you're going to have to improvise if you've got players. And, you know, and that's what makes it fun. That's what, you know, but, but and you have to embrace improvising uh, as part of the game, as part of what D&D is all about. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear your voice on the show, give us a call. You can find all the ways to do that in the show notes. If you'd like to see more RPG content from us, you can find us both on YouTube. Daniel at Bandit's Keep and myself at D&D Homebrew. These are also linked in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, please give us a rating, ideally on Apple Podcasts, as it helps the show be seen by more people. And we'll see you next week.